What's up, wrestling fans? Welcome to episode number 637 of the Smart Out Moment Smack Talk podcast, Hot Tags of the Week. I'm your host as always, Tony Mango. Joining me as always are Robert E. Felice. Hello. And Callum Wiggins. Hey there. And all of you, of course, are joining us. And of course, we always want to know what you have to say as we are going along with this podcast. So drop your thoughts in the comments below. Talk about all the topics that we're going to get into today while you're doing that on YouTube. Click on all the different good buttons that you can see on there. The thanks button is a little tip jar. The like button is completely free. Helps us out with the algorithm, though, quite a bit. Double check that you are subscribed to this channel. Ring that little notification bell because we have two different things coming up these next two weeks that are going to be the live post shows for the pay-per-view points. Elimination Chamber coming up next week and then AEW Revolution following that. So that way you get to know when we go live for those shows. Also, click on that little join button that's next to the subscribe button and the notification bell, and you can get access to the Patreon type stuff. Of course, if you go to Patreon, you can get access too, but YouTube, you get the video portion of that as well. You got the Dark Cast, Pick Your Poison tier, and so on and so forth. And if you don't know what the Dark Cast uh, most recent episode was, I had put up a little thing to uh, Callum's suggestion, which I think is a good idea. We're going to do this going forward of just a little reminder of when we do these Dark Casts of what they are and, you know, how the discussion. Um, generally went if we have like a, an idea in mind which uh that was what if cody rhodes had defeated roman reigns at wrestlemania 39 and he won the undisputed wwe championship and what would have happened as a result of that things like we dive into what would that have changed for roman reigns's path would the rock feud still be going on and if it would be how would it have changed what would be the championship situation? Would the world heavyweight title be there? Would it be a different belt? All these other kinds of things that go into that. So it's definitely one of my more favorite dark casts that we've done. And I think that you should definitely check that out. So join the dark cast here, either on Patreon or YouTube and get access to that. Also pick up some Merid Bubble or Tee Public merchandise if you want to get any of that stuff. And if you want to join the discussion elsewhere beyond the YouTube comments and the mega maniacs facebook group and the facebook and the twitter and you know all the other kind of means that you could do that you could also join the discord server that we have set up now and i always want to do more of those kind of things too so if you have any suggestions of what you'd like to see added to that let me know keep your eyes peeled for some other things that are happening i don't know exactly when or how or what but you know there's always more on the horizon so we uh, have a lot of hot tags to get into. We're also most likely going to be recording another podcast that'll be up tomorrow, which will be a follow-up of our mock draft. Check that episode out. You get to see us have our live reactions to the mock draft picks. It's the first time that we were doing that. I think that people are pretty much very receptive to that, which is cool. And we'll continue that on with our fantasy booking of our Elimination Chamber cards and stuff. So keep an eye out for that. But in the meantime, hot tags... Of course, we are going to be ranging from all sorts of different topics here. And uh, one of the main ones that I want to get into, I'll just toss this one out as one of the first ones. I don't like this at all. I hate reporting on these stories of people being released. And I also hate reporting on them being released when I don't see the point in it. And that's uh, the most recent one is Matt Camp got fired from WWE. And following the Mackenzie Mitchell release... I know that a lot of people are probably like, oh, who cares if they're not wrestlers and they, you know, they don't get invested in like, you know, if Caleb Braxton or Kathy Kelly or whatever uh, would get released. But Matt Camp to me is a 
textbook example of some guy you want to keep around. He's great at doing pre-show panels. He was great at hosting the ultimate show. He is knowledgeable, passionate about pro wrestling. As far as I'm aware, nothing bad to be like, Oh, he got fired because he got into like some backstage argument or something. The hell's going on here? They getting rid of Matt camp and Mackenzie Mitchell. Like, is there just an edict of, well, we can't keep people that are good at their jobs. <laughs> they also got rid of Kevin Patrick, and the internet seems to think that he doesn't fit that criteria. So, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I, I'm, you know, more annoyed about the Mackenzie Mitchell and Matt Camp thing. Um, uh, it looks like they replaced him with Sam Roberts on the bump, at least. I watched The Bump. This week was the first time I ever watched an episode of The Bump front to back. So that's something. It looks like they replaced him with. Sam Roberts, and maybe it's as simple as that. Maybe you wanted to move on. It's definitely it's definitely a quiet release. Nobody's said anything so far, so uh, it's unfortunate. He was really good at his job. Calum, do you have any recollection of that camp? <laughs> you definitely um, don't watch uh, these extraneous things because you're not watching the regular programming, but I'm sure you've yeah. come across this stuff. I'm pretty sure that, like, until I saw the news like, this week and then there was, like, photos of him in relation to articles talking about his release, I wouldn't have been able to pick him out of a lineup. Probably not. I mean, he is not, you know, doing commentary on Monday Night Raw or something like that. Or, you know, the pay-per-view stuff, you don't watch the pre-shows, so that's another element that, like, doesn't translate the same at all. But, um, yeah, any kind of, like, ideas in mind about, like, you think that there are basically cleaning house and just trying to replace most of the personnel? Or do you think that this, these are just all isolated incidents? This could be something to do with the fact that it is now a TKO unified system. I mean, they've already talked about how they've been clearing out house behind the scenes in terms of unifying the two sides of things. So there might be a case of utilizing presenters or commentators or anything of that ilk between both the UFC side of things and the WWE side of things. Again, that's just pure speculation on my part. But it would start to at least make sense from that perspective of, well, they're only doing UF shows like every other weekend or whatever. Again, don't follow the UFC that closely, so I can't say exactly what their uh, frequency of shows are, but I imagine that certain one of those certain of those people would be available to do stuff on either a Monday or a Friday. I'm starting to get a feeling that they think that they have too many people on the payroll period and that they are doing what a lot of corporations and companies are doing, which is not only, a, you know, we're not going to go down the whole rabbit hole of me complaining about how nobody does their jobs anymore and every corporation is evil. But like, it seems like a lot of places are like, oh, well, if we can get three people to do the work of 12, we're going to do it. And I think that they are looking at, yeah, I mean, if you look at the list of people that are in the broadcast uh, side of it, you know, totally non, you know, performers in the sense of like, you know, they're not stepping in the ring and all. You've got quite a bit of people. And yeah, they do have to do other shows and they do have other means of like utilizing this talent. But the broadcast team as you know i mean you got three uh no wait four five six seven people i think doing commentary alone um well at least like i'm now going to look on the, the page on um 
Wikipedia, which of course is sometimes out of date, but like on Raw, they have Kathy Kelly, Jackie Redman, Michael Cole, Pat McAfee, and Samantha Irvin. On SmackDown, Byron Saxton, Corey Graves, Caleb Braxton, Mike Rome, Wade Barrett, Anna out, Alicia Taylor, Blake Howard, Booker T, Kelly Kincaid, Sarah Schreiber, Vic Joseph. And then you've got all the foreign language people hosting all these shows. You've got people like Sam Roberts who get brought in, Peter Rosenberg who gets brought in, Scott Stanford does all that stuff, uh, Ryan Popola, uh, Megan Morant. Maybe they're just kind of looking at this and going like, well, do we need every single one of these and then they're just getting rid of the people that have the highest contracts or something instead of actually trying to think who could be best utilized for whatever uh, we know that mckenzie was fired that she didn't just quit i'm not entirely sure if there's been any clarification yet about if matt camp released. left or he got released it's just been that he's fired so i don't know why out of all those people those are the ones that they felt the need to get rid of, um, especially because it seems like they were well-liked. So that's something I'm going to keep an eye on as far as if this keeps happening, there's definitely another reason to it other than isolated just, well, that individual person for some reason was on the chopping block. I don't buy into that being the case though. So uh, that sucks for Matt Camp. Big, big fan of his. And I hope that he either comes back, ideally, or that he gets some other gig elsewhere that he enjoys uh, just as much or better. Um, speaking of somebody being released from a company, though, and coming back, QT Marshall's back in AEW? <laughs> yeah. So, uh, and that didn't take long, did it? This. Well, the thing is, like, the reports had stated that he wanted to wrestle more, right? And now he's back in an office capacity because that's where everybody liked him and he will not be wrestling. <laughs> so so he, um, he got a lot out of that deal, right? You gotta, <laughs> imagine going to the um, the table and being like, listen, I want you to pay, uh, like pay me more money. And then somebody's like, how about we pay you less? And you go, deal. <laughs> like, you know. I, th- I think there's a little bit more nuance to this. So essentially he left the company due to wanting to uh, test himself as a wrestler and become like, like a bigger star in another promotion and then also that he wasn't too keen on some of the creative directions that the company was going in and so he's basically now come back and said yeah I'm totally fine with the direction the company is now going in and I'm fine not wrestling on your TV show anymore so so I think he's doing he's still doing indie stuff so he's still going to be doing that but clearly any any well, I'd say I can't say with any real certainty. Only he knows whether it was just a case of okay. I, I realized a couple of months later that this was a bad decision, and if Tony Khan was willing to bring me back, then I'll go back. Or it could just be on the lines of hey, no prominent wrestling company wanted to sign me as a wrestler, mm-hmm. so so I'm going back. So it could be one or the other. I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt and say that he just decided a couple of months later that this isn't this doesn't feel right and i'm gonna if the off opportunity to go back is still available then i'll go back and it, it definitely was on the table so you know that he had a good relationship with tony it's just weird to me that that kind of if nobody had reported anything to begin with it would have never been known you know what i mean but that he had left the company you mean yeah because people would have just assumed he was working backstage mm-hmm. and now that's what he'll be doing I think 
I think it's a, it's a good movie. I think a lot of people liked him. And I think it's part of that, you know, let's get the feeling back. Let's, uh, he's a big part of the growth of AEW. And why would you swap that out? I'm curious about the ins and outs that we're never going to really know, but about, you know, what is it that they disagreed on with like the direction of the company more specifically? I know that I think one report had said something along the lines of uh, that he didn't like the like um, balance between the types of matches that they were doing about like uh, something about it being like too much like New Japan. And like wanting Whatever. to have like more story, I think, right? Yeah. So uh, another company that wouldn't hire. <laughs> so I mean, I, I want to. I wish I could be a fly on the wall for those conversations. For it to be like, I don't like the direction of this, and I don't want to be a part of it. And then we haven't really seen any change in that direction. Where it would have been like, Unless- oh, and now they're doing something completely different. Like, no, they're kind of doing the same. So unless yeah. it was backwards like he didn't like the the story stuff and he wanted more yeah. of like the the quote-unquote sports oriented uh yeah. approach yeah yeah that would make more sense to me uh than for him to be like we would need more story because they've had less of like that approach in the past couple weeks not that they've had none but like i mean you know they have like the ranking system now which is less of a story thing and more of like a numbers game and I don't know. Maybe that was uh, maybe that was a difference maker, or maybe it was something as simple as just, "Hey, I think I can get a job elsewhere." And then a couple weeks goes by and nobody's calling, and then he's like, "Hey, never mind." Um, and you know what? Like all jokes aside, respect. You know, that's sometimes you got to make the right move. Yeah, sometimes uh, you you leave a company thinking that you want to be gone and that the grass is greener on the other side and everybody's going to be calling for you and stuff. And then sometimes that's not the case and you can realize that, all right, maybe I overextended or, you know, plenty of times people go back to other companies and stuff. It's not like he's like crawling back the way that the supplicants thing is on the Simpsons. (laughs) Could he get into Mr. Burns office or something? If that is, then that's a whole nother story, but uh, I'd assume it's not the case. So there goes the, uh, the QT Marshall, like, Hey, is he going to be joining, you know, TNA or is he going to be NWA or you know WWE Performance Center or whatever? At least not in the meantime. And who knows what the future has in store. So let's bounce around to us. Do this one because this one's kind of nothing. Uh, Post Malone's going to be in 2K24. <laughs> this is kind of silly to me. Uh, yeah, I mean, they've been doing this a lot lately. They had the MGK last year. I think Eminem was supposed to be in 22, but word got out, so he bailed. At so least the uh, Machine Gun Kelly had gotten like tossed through a table at one point. Most like, Malone's been on TV too, hasn't he? Has he? I don't remember yeah. him being doing anything. I mean, look, if you can get the chance to cross-promote and all that good stuff, I don't think you're going to say no. I mean, that's the most blatantly obvious part of it is they're just like, well, popular person, if we put them in the game, they can promote it and then we can get more sales and maybe somebody's going to buy the game because it's Post Malone's in there, which uh, I'll put it this way. I don't think that like when companies do this stuff, it's pretty obvious how they're doing it. And, you know, it's not going to work for me, but 
You can't really blame them for trying, you know? Certainly not going to be something that's going to make me want to buy the game. I am not the type of person. I'm not the target audience. Uh, for that for that matter, anybody. If there would have said, like, any celebrity in there. Hey, Kevin Smith is in there. Hey, uh, you know. I don't even know who, like, uh, I could be a fan of. I'm like. <laughs> well, you I went don't... with Kevin Smith. Because so Kevin Smith is a dude that, like. When I try to think of celebrities that I would, like be friends with or like have a cool relationship with like kevin smith is one of those guys i'm like yeah there's no way that i wouldn't just like hang out with kevin smith but like the more and more i think about it i'm like yeah i really just i do not care about celebrities so i'm not that type of person but yeah i, I like some post malone songs sunflower is a good fucking song uh, so is rockstar like it's just <laughs> i'm not gonna play the game based off of that though i'd only buy the game based off of somebody being on it if like i was in the game <laughs> And that would be a different story. <laughs> then I'd be like, fuck yeah, I could just go buy this game. But you got any more, uh, either of you guys think you're more or less likely to buy 2K24 based off of Post Malone? I don't, I don't like or dislike Post Malone enough to say that I'm eager to, you know, have Omos beat him up or something. So <laughs> it's cool. He's also doing the soundtrack. Had a bunch of songs that I have no clue. But they were, so that's always good. You always feel very young and in tune with things when you can look at a soundtrack and go, never heard of any of these things. So, uh, yeah, I'm not a fan of being in stores and having them play songs that I'm familiar with. And that's like, oh, that's the oldies thing. Fuck. Yeah, 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 huh? <laughs> what do you mean this is classic rock? <laughs> now, you've probably been the, um, well, actually, Callum, did you buy the 2K23? I forget. I did, yeah. Do you think that you're going to buy 24? Potentially. What's your like to. excitement level of it right now? Not necessarily um, tied to Post Malone, but <laughs> I mean, maybe that maybe that changed the whole thing. I don't know. It's it's pretty like middle of the road. I'm not super impressed with the 40 years WrestleMania thing. That doesn't interest me because they did the same thing when 30 years WrestleMania happened. So, well, <laughs> so but I, does- I want to go a step further with that since you you bring it up. I really dislike the fact that 40 years WrestleMania is so barren. And I think for the first time, not Corbin, Tony, I don't even say it. Uh, I didn't even think think, of it. I'm proud of you for breaking it up, though. (laughs) For the first time, it's like, oh, this is one of the drawbacks of not having everyone in-house and not having the Monopoly, where you're like, where the you know where is you can't do Edge and Foley because Edge is playing somewhere else. You can't do Michael's Flair because the he's doing something else. And I understand what you're saying. They did it ten years ago, but also the fact that I don't even think they're doing Becky, Ronda, and Charlotte. Nor can they do uh, Sasha and Bianca. It's like oh, so it's thirty. It's forty years of WrestleMania with twenty one matches and. Three of those matches, so one-seventh of the whole mode comes from last year. They're doing Bianca and Asuka just to get Bianca in the game. As if that yeah. match really particularly matters. Right. It, it really, in that Bianca way, it throws me off. Can they have at least done Bianca and Becky? I think that they should. I don't think yeah. they have, have agreed to, but they might be just to get Becky. Because um, they're not doing Becky-Shayna, and so they might be doing Becky 
Bianca. Just yeah, that they're doing people. anything from WrestleMania 36. They are doing the Firefly Funhouse. How do you, how do you wrestle that match? Well, that's the good thing. A lot of it's so cutscene based that you can probably just do a couple of movements, trigger the next cutscene. That sounds so boring. Because it's just a because it's just a video essay that that match. It's like it's just, it's just a it's a promo. Yeah, it's, it's a promo piece on John Cena's career and and like whether he would turn heel or face or whatever. It's like, yeah, I don't. Yeah, as I say, that that part of it doesn't really appeal to me that much. I will um, say this: I think it's a mistake if you don't do Taker AJ. It's Undertaker's last match. I think find a way to get that in the game. They probably <laughs> sat around and they went, "Oh, we'd have to create all new assets, and we'd have to have a whole new environment, collusion detection. Can't we just not it'll, have half of these things?" It'll be some kind of DLC package where they'll add more matches to that once they become available to do so because no i wouldn't hope i would if i'm paying like x amount of dollars or pounds for a game i expect this to be a finished game right oh well that's that's a different we can't get into that debate here because that'll take the rest of the show because i I don't even think there is a debate it's just that's stupid and we hate it (laughs) well no i i think like that is one of the biggest killers right now in all of gaming is like you, you're not even buying a full game. like, But the, the full game for the 40 years of WrestleMania version will give you everything whenever everything drops is $120. Yeah, and it's absurd. Like, they can always say, oh, well, this part of the game isn't finished yet, but don't you worry because, you know, we can patch it later. I think that's one of the worst things. Yeah. See, I've, I've never cared too much about video games being expensive. I think that they are, in terms of like long-term experiences, they're for the for the most part worth it. Like if if you pay, I don't know, ninety dollars for a game and you end up getting ninety hours out of it, then yeah, it's pretty worthwhile at the end of the day. Depends and on then the you game. Go back, yeah, you go back and pl- replayability. What I have an issue with is what this prop game will have, and what a lot of modern games will have is the the day one releases of them are usually pretty terrible and buggy because they'll just patch it later on they're just trying to yeah. hit their deadline what gives me a little bit of hope of this game is that they probably could have held back and announced it to be happening like post wrestlemania or later on in the year because i think then did 2k23 come out around about this time or did it come out slightly later no so ever since with the release of 2k22 they started on a new cycle of a march mm-hmm. release where as opposed to Every year of my life before then, it was an October-November release. But I think they could have at least, like, the fact that they are kind of ready and they've seemingly getting everything sorted for it pretty soon makes me feel like they, it will be fairly ready. As I say, it will still have some bugs, but every every video game has a bug or whatever, and so a lot of people search those that seek them out as well, and that can make things somewhat more fun as well. But, yeah, there's not really much... That has been announced so far that gives me that feels like it's a exciting evolution on 2K23. Again, if like reviews come out and they say that it's great, then I might check it out. But but yeah, I think that it's one of the it's one of these franchises now that I kind of like have to wait and see what other people say about it and say whether it's worth getting excited about or not. Right, right now, just from the surface, it just looks like. 2K23 with an updated roster and the WrestleMania mode that they brought back from 10 years ago. My another is 
my sickness is that I, I need to own it because <laughs> I need to own all of them. And that's how they get me in terms of like a playability and a fun factor. Yeah, I haven't felt that in too long of a time. I Since they jumped to 2K 10 years ago, I've never really gravitated towards what they were doing instead of the free-flowing nature of the THQ games. By the way, they do Fight Forever. Which just had another DLC drop this week, actually. And the problem with that game is the base game is too lacking still. Um, I, I don't know. It's a... I miss the days of buying a game and getting like a full completed package and knowing what you're getting and enjoying it and feeling like it's worth the money as well. Yeah. Cause obviously like no matter what you get, it might end up being uh you play the game and 20 minutes in, you're like, this is garbage. I wish I could have just rented this or something. Um, you mentioned about having a lot of evolution uh, from one game to another. There's one of the things that I think is like stupid when it comes to video games is definitely they had assets that they brought over from previous things. So it's like, it's easier and easier every year to make these games. They don't tweak that much. And when you look at the, like, I'm not as big of a fan of like, you know, the graphics are the most important thing to a lot of people. And they aren't for me, but man, a lot of that stuff gotta be just things that carry over and then they want to charge all that much money. And it's like, you didn't have to do that much research or whatever. I looked at the um, footage of somebody playing a thing with the WrestleMania nine, Yoko, Brett and Hogan. And the graphics look like crap. So it's like, well, if I cared about graphics, I wouldn't really like that enough. And then if you did just get that recently with the uh, 30 years of WrestleMania, it's well, the same fair, I stuff. Say, I wouldn't say that that's recent. You have to be realistic and say, even, though it's, even if it's recent to us, yeah, 10 years ago, that's true. a huge gap. But even the, then, you had like more options available for the matches and stuff. Like in the past 10 years, how many more things are they going to put in there that are really all that interesting? Well, that's the funny thing is a lot of what they were touting was like, yeah, we get to spotlight the women. And I'm like, who? Yeah, <laughs> but is, uh, is Ronda even in the game for your spotlight that? Groundbreaking match. Yeah. Josh is not in the game three to spotlight that groundbreaking match. Yeah, that's that's the kind of crap that like all the more reason why I wouldn't end up picking that up. Completely random uh, side thing, but if you're talking about something in the entertainment industry outside of wrestling that uh you know you might end up wanting to be invested in and you might be disappointed in or whatever, again a, a brief fanboys thing. Madam Web's a terrible movie. <laughs> either either go see it knowing it's bad or don't see it. That movie's straight up garbage and Sony needs to stop doing those things. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I needed to say that on some kind of podcast because I'm not dedicating a whole <laughs> fucking thing to it. <laughs> just a, just another thing as well for uh, people on my side of the pond in the UK. Um, uh, Iron Claw finally came out in cinemas. So Nice. Whoa, 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 whoa. So it, it just dropped here on VOD. Over there it just came out in the movies. Yeah, it came out on uh, February really? 9th. Was when it um was uh when it first uh, premiered in the UK. Did you watch it in theaters? I haven't seen it yet, but I am tempted to go this weekend. But it just depends on if I have time or the energy to go down to the cinema. I'm not usually. I don't like going to watch movies in cinemas and stuff. The the advantage of this one is that very few people will watch it, so so I'll probably ha- it'll probably be fairly empty. Well, do you want to save your money and watch it at home? 
Probably. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, I, I have a handy dandy means of uh, letting you do that. <laughs> oh, you, yeah. Oh, thank you. <laughs> P to the L to the E to the X. Look at that. Screw all these streaming services trying to merge together and not just be cable. By the way, already we talk about that a million times. But motherfuckers, just do the thing I keep saying. You know, you know. It's I great. did an article on that today. Uh, Peacock and Paramount Plus are in mm-hmm. talks of potentially merging. Yeah, it's so but stupid. Just Paramount's do it. <laughs> also potentially in talks of merging with uh, Warner Bros. So it looks like Paramount's trying to unload. They, which is funny because I always tell you privately. The one subscription service I feel like I could cancel without any repercussions in my personal life is Paramount Plus. Yeah. Well, you mentioned uh, Warner. I'm going to unload on Warner if they don't get my uh, uh, emails back to me and stuff. Hey, well, since we're talking <laughs> Warner and wrestling and movies, <laughs> fucking Coyote versus Acme again. John Cena's, uh, yeah, the whole Wiley Coyote movie. shelved again. They were shopping that around, and they decided, I guess, not to anymore, which means that, again, they've made an entire movie that supposedly was received pretty well. supposedly good and ready, and we're just not going to see it. There's there's got to be some kind of weird tax loophole bullshit thing that's happening here where it's like money oh, laundering. That's, they're not saying <laughs> a loophole. They're being very upfront that that's what the fuck they're doing. But there has to be a way to, like, stop them. Mm-hmm. I hate that. I hate uh, how, what Sony's doing with those movies. I hate um, I hate a lot of that kind of stuff. But if you want more of that content, go to fanboysanonymous.com and let me know. And I will, uh, I don't know, maybe I'll write up something about it or we'll do something. Um, you can always do a pick a poison tier too. Keep that in mind. And uh, I mean, it, just to put it out there, if you want to do the pick a poison tier of like uh, an iron claw thing, you could always do something like that too. Anyway, uh, <laughs> That is the Post Malone section of this, <laughs> which devolved into completely other different types of topics, but that's what the hot tags are about. Uh, let's get into actually an ROH thing. Um, the bracket was revealed for the ROH Women's World Championship Tournament. Now, of course, I've said a million times before, I'm not a big fan of ROH in the sense of I'm not watching the TV show and I'm not heavily invested in a lot of these characters. Couldn't even tell you the names of some of them, but I did check out the bracket and uh, I didn't check too much of the information. Some of the names I actually don't know off the top of my head. Like when it just says uh, love and moon, I'm like, wait, who are they? J rod. The Sandra moon. So I don't know a her. Great, a great indie wrestler. Time to see. I uh, love. I didn't know off the top of my head either. I had to ask somebody. Apparently, it's Susie Love or Sussy Love. She's a Luchadora. And who's the other name that you mentioned? Uh, J Rod. J Rod. J Rod really felt like, oh God, can you, you guys tell me you couldn't find somebody else for uh, Queen Aminata to slightly be competitive with? But yeah, I'm still I'm still looking forward to when we get down to. Like at least the semifinals of this thing, it should be pretty interesting. So the only one that they've had go through so far is Amanada, right? No, they've no, had a or four Yeah. Oh, okay, so, the graphic I had seen it was only Amanada at that point. Yeah, that was just the that was just the first shot of the full bracket because that happened after Amanata had her victory over J Rod on the show. So as it stands right now, 
that's this week, uh, Queen Aminata, uh, Layla Hirsch defeated uh, Rachel Ellering, uh, Mercedes Martinez defeated Trisha Dora, and Diamante defeated Kiera Hogan to advance in the tournament. That's kind of shitty putting them up against each other. <laughs> it's interesting, though. But, you know. maybe, they, maybe they work best with each other as well, because obviously they probably were able to plan it out at home. True, so. yeah. Practice some stuff and maybe uh, get out some of that frustration <laughs> on each other, where it's like, you didn't clean dishes, goddammit. All right, well, I'm going to stiff you and you know, get a nice potato shot right there. Um, so we do have some other matches that are going to be coming up soon when it comes to Billy Starks against uh, Renegade. Uh, I'm assuming we're all going Starks winning that one. Uh, yeah. It's pretty obvious uh, that 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 would make no sense if they ended up going the opposite way. Uh, Viva Van against Abaddon. Like Abaddon. One yeah. of them is employed. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I would assume that that would be more towards Abaddon. Um, who do you guys think is going to end up winning this based off of the bracket? Billy. Still heading towards like Billy? It feels like it's Billy's to win, but it also feels like, hey, let's. I, I made the joke on Twitter. I was like, give it to Sandra Moon. Let's shock some people here. Like, because, okay, what if it's Billy versus Valkyrie? Yeah, they're great. I love them, but really? I'm a little bit. Um, I, I'm unsure that it's going to be Starks just because I think that the story is still her winning the women's title, the main women's title. And I think that her having this championship would be too much of her holding on to this for a while and Athena still holding the women's title. So I think that she has to defeat Athena for the main women's title, in which case she should fail in this quest. And I think just based on what I've seen recently in the last few weeks, I would give this to Queen Aminata. I like it. I can also see Ty Valkyrie, right? As somebody who isn't super invested in there, to me, it kind of looks like, since they did such little with Ty Valkyrie, I, I would hope that she would win in the sense that you, you gotta do something at some RTV? point. Hmm? You know her initials are TV? That is true. <laughs> She's, um, they're doing enough of her. She's got a, a sitcom on the, on the AEW. She sure does. Is... And, and they're funny. Like, like Morrison... I'll always hate that he wasn't more of a top star, but they're funny together. Well, that's one of those uh, random topics here. Let's go bounce around again to... Mm, yeah, let's hold off on that. Uh, let's talk about some New Japan stuff, if we're talking ROH. Yeah, oh, you want to take the, uh, the reins? <laughs> yeah, sure. So um, so last weekend was the New Beginning in Osaka show, which was Will Ospreay's final uh, New Japan show as a fully contracted wrestler there. So I won't go through every single result because most of the matches don't matter, but the final four matches do have stuff to talk about. Uh, first of which was Kazuchika Okada's final uh, singles match in New Japan, which was him defeating Hiroshi Tanahashi. Uh, just to, you know, wrap up that rivalry that has been going since, God, early to mid-2010s, around about that time. I was still in my teens, probably, when they were feuding. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, that was, like, it was just a nice match just to uh, play the hits, and Okada gets the victory. Um, He hasn't lost a match uh, since announcing that he was leaving New Japan. 
which is interesting that I guess they they don't really see any need to have him just lose to everyone on the way out, which I guess is fair. And by reports coming out, it seems like he's pretty set going to AEW, so he will get an opportunity to come back to New Japan at some point off the back of that. Uh, the second match, um, one that I'm not particularly happy about, which is uh, Kenta and Chase Owens won the tag team titles against El Fantasma and Hikaleo. Um, I, I, I mean... I wasn't particularly like infused with Phantasma and Hikaleo having the tag titles, but now it's on uh, this version of Kenta and Chase Owens, who's always been a perpetual job guy in uh, in New Japan. And it also just adds ever layers of confusion to what is this current iteration of the Bullet Club, which has the War Dogs on one side, House of Torture on the other, and then Kenta, Chase Owens, and Taiji Ishimori in the middle just not affiliated with any kind of one side or the other. Yeah, I very... believe that we should just drop the books up together. All together. Call it War Dog. Call them the War Dogs. Call them the House of Torture. And there's no need for it. Like That's my personal feeling. I mean, I'd be, I'd be fine with Bullet Club staying as long as it was just attached to the War Dogs. That would be fine by me. Um, then we had what is now currently my match of the year. Uh, Zack Sabre Jr. But, yeah, uh, defeated, defeated Brian Danielson. Makes sense. Um, Tony, you were a fan of their match at uh, Wrestle Dream, right? Uh, I think I had that as one of my favorite matches of the year, if not my match of the year. I don't remember for sure. Yeah. So this, so this is better than their match at Wrestle Dream. I'd say not considerably better, but noticeably better. Um. Again, it went through the um, approach of trying to submit each other constantly. And then when they realized that they couldn't force each other to submit because they were both too stubborn, they started then kicking each other, striking each other, hitting big moves, trying to pin each other instead. And Zack Sabre Jr. got the victory with a cradle on Brian Danielson. Brian Danielson then cut a promo after the show saying that, officially saying that Zack Sabre Jr. is the best technical wrestler in the world. And saying that... uh, yeah, that New Japan's in like safe hands with him and saying that they're now one-on-one and he wants to do a two out of three falls match to determine who like to, to determine the outright victor between the two of them, but he wants to do it on neutral ground. WWE. There you go. I was say sad <laughs> WrestleMania. <laughs> like... Well it, it's interesting because if you say like neutral ground, that means he can't take place in America, in AEW, in in the Here. UK, in in um in in Japan or in New Japan Pro Wrestling. So yeah. it has to take place in Canada so for this, Stampede so Wrestling. Again, so again. Ground Jewel Saudi Arabia. Yeah. <laughs> At Elimination Chamber in the continent of Australia. <laughs> match. And then kind of the match that even though that was again my match of the year so far this year, um a match that I won't be able to forget of at any, any point in time beyond this was the Steel Cage 10-man tag team match main event of Bullet Club War Dogs uh, defeating United Empire, including Will Ospreay, who, as he has done like throughout uh, this ending part of his career, is going out on his sword and taking the pinfall from David Finlay. Um, this match was absolutely insane in many aspects, to the point where we had... Bunches of table spots, barbed wire all over the place. 
um, thumbtacks. Uh, the steel the steel cage was quite quite funny because it was it wasn't a traditional like WWE or AEW steel cage where it's attached to the ring. It was like surrounding the ringside area, so they could fight around ringside and stuff as well. Uh, steel chair shots to the head, all the crazy stuff. Um, to the point where uh, at one point Hanare had to be just taken out because he was bleeding so much off the top of his head that they had to apply some kind of uh, makeshift tourniquet to his to his head to stop the bleeding. Um, yeah, it was a absolutely insane. For the first forty five minutes, it was probably one of the best, if not the best, War Games match that I've ever seen because they they treated it like a War Games match. And then it kind of lost steam towards the end by the point that uh, the Bullet Club War Dogs started to tear the ring apart and to try and expose the wooden planks underneath it. And then it got dangerous to another level where they were standing around the ring and they were trying to do spots in the ring while they were falling through the ring. Uh, like the planks were going up and down all over the place. It was just chaotic in a way that was just beyond dangerous. And I was surprised that someone didn't get seriously injured doing any of that stuff which would have been upsetting if it was Will Ospreay that was one of the ones that got seriously injured especially for AEW but yeah as I say they decided to put the the people that were staying over which I think is the right move but then they had a very touching uh go away ceremony for Will Ospreay like just so he gets to cut a promo at the end gets talks was very emotional about his experience in New Japan and how he like loved all the fans and loved the guys that he was teaming with and he will be back one day but he doesn't know when and yeah just yeah it was a very it was a great spectacle of a match and a very moving closing ceremony so, so yeah so Will Ospreay has one final match to do on the independent circuit which he'll be facing this weekend uh Michael Oku for the Rev Pro British Heavyweight Championship uh, so he'll have that match, as has been the case throughout this uh, final run of Will Ospreay. He'll inevitably lose that match, but then he'll come into AEW and won't need to worry about that stuff anymore. So, so yeah, that, that's mainly the stuff that took place on that uh, show. Um, the only other bits of news for the New Japan side of things, at least the immediacy, is that uh, they've announced uh, Kazuchika Okada's final two matches for New Japan, which will be a couple of... Uh, 10-man tags where we'll be teaming with members of Chaos against uh, members of the United Empire, the remaining members of the United Empire, including the final match which will involve Matt Riddle on the uh, on the United Empire side. So, yeah, and I guess the most noteworthy thing about that is they're just a couple of matches that are taking place. Like, I think the his final match is second on the card of that show. So it's not even like they're making a huge deal about it or putting it on as the main event and going to have a big final closing ceremony like they did for Osprey. Essentially, he's just going to have his match second on the card, probably bow to all the audience and then leave. Mm. So I think that may give a bit of a, if, if you're just trying to look into it a little bit more, you may give somewhat of an indication that they're potentially not too happy about the fact that he's leaving. Yeah, I can see that being the case. <laughs> I mean, the Roman, like... <laughs> no, well, no, but you would have thought they would show maybe a little bit of reverence to probably the biggest star they've ever had. They've had since uh, at least Tanahashi, if not all the way back to Minoki. I mean, that's fair, but also there was a lot of tears during that match with the Tanahashi. So. Yeah, I, yeah, but I kind of wish that was kind of the... If that was the case, I kind of wish that match was just the send-off for him rather than just putting him on, like, 
two random shows at the end of February and just some random tag team matches. But yeah, that's pretty much it for the side of things. Also, I've um, when I've been listening to like some New Japan podcast things, they're speculating that um, uh, Jungle Boy or Jack Perry, I should call him Jack Perry now because that's basically what his name is, will probably be part of the um, New Japan Cup coming up. Oh, that's interesting. That's, uh, that's a good way to get him out there. Yeah, that's that's all that I've got from the New Japan side of things for today. So let's bounce back around then and talk about... I guess like we can throw a lot of the TV-type stuff in here um, from this week in the sense that <laughs> this, was a, this was not a good week when it comes to injuries. Uh, we know that at least four people are injured right now. Now, not every single one of these injuries happened this week, but this is like when we found out about some of them. Uh, like Idris Anofe, I guess, apparently has been injured for um, about yeah, a week or so during now. The match, uh, no, he's injured during the match that they taped on Tuesday. During, uh, which was, uh, well, no, was that when he I think Axiom? It was uh, the, before that. I'm pretty okay, sure. So, yeah, he was injured during that Ian Malik had against Axiom and Frazier. Mm-hmm. He says he'll be all right. Um, Nikita sure Lyons what... is another one that's on here. That's, like, that explains why she's been absent. Which Apparently, she's got injured again. That's like, what, her third injury or her fourth? I, I think third. At a certain point, you got to kind of look at somebody and go, look, how much do we want to invest in somebody that doesn't have the... I don't know if he would say like the stamina or the, you know, well, the fragility in the sense that you know, how many times can people get injured and not? What, my, my, my kind of question to that is that do you look at the individual then or do you look at the system? Oh, the system has, there's got to be some reason for all these like torn ACLs and stuff. But the individual people too, you have to look at because certain people do have more fragile bodies. And every time that they've tried to do something with Nikita Lyons, She's out after like three weeks or so. Like they've had this girl in the mix for how many years? Three. And uh, yeah, she's right. maybe wrestled like a dozen or so matches. I think it's more than that. Uh, let me but see on uh, what they got on cage match because I mean, if you include like um, uh, uh, house show matches and stuff. Yeah, I mean, the house show things, I'm sure she's done more, but, like, uh, let's see what they got under the broadcast it shows. Um, if you count 205 Live and Level Up, and you don't count WoW that she was apparently in, that she was a uh, Faith the Lioness, she's only had 23 broadcasted matches since 2021. So for three years have 23 matches and to have to keep being out as long as that is there's got to be something to this i don't think that that's yeah you know, i'm not like calling for her to be released or anything for anybody that's wondering but like there are people that have a tendency for that and you do have to eventually assess that one of those people also a woman in the mix when it comes to nxt Shotzi. Now, I'm going to put a hold on the Shotzi discussion because we're going to get into some spoiler talk, but uh, just saying in general, she's another one. 
another uh, injury that happened this week was another injury prone person. Although this one's not necessarily from being injury prone. This is more an injury uh, adjacent person who tends to cause a couple injuries. The Sammy Guevara incident with Jeff Hardy. The yeah. uh, I think Jeff Hardy's got a broken nose. Is that what it is? Yeah. So essentially, what happened is that um, I just I saw a, a clip of it from the upcoming Rampage show, uh, where Sammy Guevara goes up for a kind of twisting moonsault in their No DQ match, and Jeff Hardy gets the knees up. He connects with the knees, but then uh, Guevara's knee goes into Jeff Hardy's face at the same time. So yeah, it seemed that. I, if it is just a broken nose, then he's actually probably quite fortunate in the grand scheme of things. Because all of his weight, all of a lot of Guevara's weight came down on his uh, face area. So, yeah, Guevara's a bit reckless, and that's saying something when he's against Jeff Hardy. <laughs> and it's like you know when you hear a report that says something like uh, Jeff Hardy has like some kind of an injury or something, you're like ah Jeff. And then you're like, oh, no, it's not his fault this time. It's uh, Sammy just fucking landed straight on his nose. Uh, it's a gnarly clip, too, man. It looks like that hurt, like a son of a bitch, you know? Like, yeah. But, um, I mean, yeah, Guevara doesn't have a good um, track record, particularly when it comes to wrestling the Hardys. Yeah, that's a bad combination, right? Yeah. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> I didn't even think about that. Wow. But, um... Yeah, I think that um, it's, uh, Guevara's in a bit of a it's in a bit of a weird situation right now in the sense that I think he's trying to he's almost having to try too hard because he's just not getting any sort of like consistency on TV and any sort of consistent direction right now with this whole Jericho is he part of the Don Callis feud is he not part of the Don Callis feud is he just oh, yeah, doing stuff in the meantime yeah. like yeah so I think that maybe he's trying to compensate by putting on maybe. Well, as I say, he, he does do a lot of flashy moves anyway, so maybe that was part of it. But, yeah, it's just an unfortunate incident. It can kind of happen to anybody, but it seems to happen to in Guevara matches more than most. And I'm somebody who keeps always saying Guevara is one of the more entertaining people to me in the ring. But at the same time, how many more excuses can I keep making when it comes to, like, you got to slow down a little bit or you got to, you know, somebody's got to have a, a talk with uh, his style and they got to sort something out because you can't just have this be a regular thing like that. It's not good. Um, to go back to the, or actually before we go back to the shots, you think, is there any other injuries that happened this week? I'm, I think that that was all the ones that I came across, but maybe there's more that I'm, uh, um, well, Wheeler is injured. Sean reported that. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Uh, which uh, he's advertised for a banger of a match. They're going to do BCC's going to Mexico and they're going to have like a, you know, one of those crazy, man tag, yeah. Eight-man tags, and I want to watch that. And I found Wait, out that I... Go ahead. You say it's a crazy eight-man tag. Um, so they're facing... So all four members of BCC are facing four members of CMLL. Um, could you guess what the uh, combined uh, average age of the CMLL team is? 65. <laughs> it's a little bit. That's a little pushing it. Okay. Just, uh, <laughs> it, is high. It, 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 it is a high number, but it's not that high. Oh, I was going to go actually higher. <laughs> not that high. Uh, the combined age of. No, the, not the combined age, but like the um, the average age. Oh, the average. Four participants, yeah. Uh, four people. 
42. It's higher than that. It's a, it's a, it's a 49 and a half. Hmm. So that is uh, Mr. Co. Uh, who's the youngest, actually, out of that entire group. Uh, Volador Jr., Ultima Guerrero, and the oldest member of it, Blue Panther, who's 63 years old. <laughs> um, but the reason why he's in this match is because Brian Danielson has always wanted to face Blue Panther. So as part of his farewell run, he's just getting to face anyone he wants to, really. I love uh, that. <laughs> like, that's cool. So People yeah, they're going to be more receptive. So their main event in that Arena Mexico, Will and Nightingale's also going to be on that show as well. So yeah, um, yeah, they said that um, there was someone else injured in AEW, isn't there? Julie uh, Hart, like, right? Yeah, Julie Hart is out injured at the moment, but she's she's still appearing on TV, but she's just not wrestling at the moment. Too many injuries going on, man. Everybody's got to slow the fuck down. Listen to Jim Ross. <laughs> um, so to go back to the Shotzi thing. One of the reasons why that sucks is obviously, you know, it's not good when anybody gets injured, but uh, the timing of it is like as bad as it can be when it comes to poor Shotzi, man, she can't catch a break when it comes to the, Well, she can catch a break, but not in that way. Um, it's a terrible joke. <laughs> so they recorded this week's episode of NXT per usual, and they also recorded next week's episode of NXT, and we will tell you some spoilers about that. So if you don't want to know, then earmuffs, skip ahead. You know, whatever you want to do when it comes to that. Um, there was a stupid backstage segment where earlier in the night, Tatum Paxley had had a match with, uh, was it Lola Vice or is it Roxanne? I'm blanking off the top of my head now. It doesn't really matter. She lost a match. Yeah, it's, it's, it's Lola, I think, yeah. Uh, yeah, it was Lola. Uh, Lyra Valkyria takes her to the back and then, you know, in the back, she's kind of tending to Paxley, who's like, you know, all down and out. And Shotzi just comes over to her and's like, hey, kind of fuck you. I'm having a title match next week for some reason. And immediately that's like, oh, okay, you know, whatever. But it also came out that that was kind of advertised for this episode and they decided to push it back for next week. Well, they recorded it. And during the recording, something happens that she just did doing her DDT and she does something to her knee. The injury is bad enough that everybody's treating it like wow she is like screaming in pain and uh she's going to be out for a long time but i haven't seen anything that specifies exactly what she did to her knee of course i'm not a doctor so i don't know what the fuck any of that would mean anyway but the timing of that sucks in the sense that like man she's finally getting a shot to do something they barely ever do anything with Shotzi, and right when she does that in that match she gets injured again this is like the fourth or fifth injury that Shotzi's had that's put her on the shelf. Another situation where you got to figure out what's going on. Like, what is it about her style or her fitness regime or whatever it is that is not working for Shotzi and that she's getting injured so often. Apparently what happens is they just decide to on a whim have like an impromptu, uh, open challenge lash legend answers that challenge and she loses and she had beaten somebody earlier in the show i'm gonna try to figure out uh what that was on my breakdown here uh lash legend beats kalani jordan and then just does this so i don't know how they're planning on necessarily maneuvering that and kind of airing those two segments but 
that's clearly not the plan again of what they had in mind i don't know where this random shotzi thing happened you know anyway was it just something to do probably oh okay so no because you're not paying attention I, i can fill in the gaps there so after vengeance day they had made a big deal of like oh shotzi says she wants an nxt title shot on twitter and then during a house show in i believe venice florida it was Shotzi and Gigi against Adam and Lyra. And by Shotzi winning that, they had agreed, okay, we'll fight on Tuesday. I guess they meant we'll fight on Tuesday. Please come to the show on Tuesday. But actually, we're going to tape it for the following. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, she gets injured, which sucks. She was finally getting some type of regular thing going. You know, and I'm really heartbroken for her. What I mean by the idea of like it's a, just something to do, I get the sense that there you looked at the calendar and they're like, "Fuck, we have the rest of February and we have all of March and we have to get through before we get to stand and deliver, and we don't have anything for Lyra to do." So let's just give her this random little side feud with Shotzi. We're gonna set up this whole thing with Roxanne, but we have to like kill time, so let's just do like a Shotzi thing, and she can you know do that. I don't get a sense that like Shotzi was planned to like win that belt or that she was going to be incorporated into the feud with Roxanne and fighting for it to stand and deliver or anything. I feel like it's just, you know, a thing probably. So that might not change plans too much other than they still have to figure out something else to do in the meantime, which seems like they might be pivoting to Lash Legend, but it still sucks no matter what, because of course, you know, we don't want anybody to get injured and depending on how long she's out, we already know that she's out of the Elimination Chamber qualifier thing for tonight. Granted, nobody expected her to win. <laughs> so that doesn't change things too much for that either. But it did, in you know one way, make things make a little bit more sense. Because they used to have it as, I believe yep. it was um, Naomi against Shotzi. Yeah. So they put two baby faces against each other. And it's kind of like, oh, that's a little weird. And now it's going to be Naomi against Amplifier. And Tiffany Stratton's going to go up against Zelina Vega. So Zelina was going to lose anyway. And Naomi was going to win. So it was Tiffany Stratton. So, you know, that side of it, they they pivoted and they figured that out. But, man, that sucks for Shotzi. Yeah, I agree. It's, it's not. It's really heartbreaking. Because, again, she's somebody who struggled for so long to find something. And now that like, she finally found something, it seems like it's not meant to be. Some other spoilers for this episode, by the way, for anybody that's still on the earmuff side of things. Uh, we had set up a lot of this stuff, so it's like we don't even need to talk about NXT too much. But Obafemi retained the NXT North American Championship over Lexus King, supposedly in part because of a distraction from Mr. Stone because he did a whole backstage thing where because Lexus King's character is like, I'm just going to piss off everybody. Lexus King's. Yeah. It's like, I'm just literally going to start shit. Mm-hmm. Roxanne Perez beats Ren Sinclair, whose character is, I will tell people almost like nothing that they can be upset about. And then they will hate me and beat me in a match. Very weird that they're doing that with Ren Sinclair. They did a thing on NXT where last week they had Josh Briggs and Brooks Jensen talk and Briggs was telling Jensen, man the fuck up, grow some balls. And 
stop moping around because somebody's going to take your spot in NXT. So this week that led to Brooks Jensen being all mad, jumping Josh Briggs, and then now they have a match on this episode, and I guess they just wanted to skip straight to the, the end of this whole thing too because it not only ends up being those two having their match this fast, but Josh Briggs beats Brooks Jensen, and then they just hug. Okay. <laughs> yeah, supposedly. Oh, bro, they have no... They have cold feet with this team. Because this is the second time now that you've split them up just to go, yeah, yeah come here. Come on. Bring it in. <laughs> kidding, buddy. Yeah, I don't know why they're doing that. That sounds like an odd... Uh, cold feet kind of a situation they also have uh jc jane beats ariana grace um i already mentioned lash legend and uh, kilani jordan but one of the things that happened last week that carries over into there and it's worth talking about is that the wolf dogs won the nxt tag team championships from tony d'angelo and uh, channing stacks lorenzo and adriana rizzo you know she talks like this for every single thing that she does which I find very funny. Uh, she's got a deeper voice than they do too, by the way. <laughs> it's great. Um, I see that Jada Parker is like, you know, a lot of people going crazy over her. Yeah, uh, that's the thing. I saw that after Tuesday, people found Jada Parker. Let's, let's be as uh, transparent as it. they love her ass. <laughs> I don't think it's just her ass. I think it's just, I think people think that she's very attractive and they're, they're very into seeing what she can bring to the table. <laughs> people are like oh i'm gonna watch nxt now and stuff but uh we are getting some transition of them uh, possibly turning heel not only in the sense that jc jane is paying off adriana rizzo and that didn't work out all that well because uh she handed her some money and said oh if they retain the tag titles give them a shot for chase you well they lost the tag titles but they're taking a payoff luca crucifino was getting into Tony D's ear about nobody should be telling you what to do. You're the Don. So they're finally coming around to, yeah, the guy that should be in that group by all means is finally going to be in that group. With I guess the Italian name, by the, way. the Italian lawyer named Luca Crucifino fucking, I don't know why they didn't do that from the start, but uh, now that they lost the tag titles to the wolf dogs are quote unquote, officially the wolf dogs because uh Bron breaker, was moping backstage and baron corbin agreed hey if you uh and i win those tag belts tonight i'll call us the wolf dogs i'll only do it once but i'll call us the wolf dogs this team i'm i i do not know i'm i'm digging this team yeah they're great and they should go on the main roster and be great baron corbin seems the most natural he's ever seemed i don't know if maybe that's just me because i'm a baron corbin fan but i think he's tremendous well, they are going to be set up as uh, there's a number one contenders match, Axiom and Nathan Frazier against a uh, Fraser. I always want to call him Frazier against Chase U and Chase U's Duke Hudson and uh, Andre Chase win that. So potentially at stand and deliver, seems like we're going to get Wolf Dogs versus Chase U. That would be pretty cool. There's probably not a bigger match that you can do realistically. So maybe JCU wins and the Wolf Dogs leave NXT. Maybe the Wolf Dogs keep the belts. We'll have to talk about that later down the line. But 
that seems to be the lineup for next week's NXT. And they're going to be recording a double shot of SmackDown tonight, but we don't have even tonight's episode of SmackDown to tell you. So we don't have next week's either. But next to hot tags, we will talk about the spoilers for the uh, SmackDown episode too, which thankfully that's the case because that's going to make it a little bit easier for the people that have to do the coverage of Elimination Chamber. We're going to be able to like not have to necessarily watch SmackDown and go to bed a little early and wake up and blow me. <laughs> you know, I do. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> um, yeah. By the way, Callum, uh, iron claws on flex. <laughs> That's something in the meantime. <laughs> Log in whenever you want to watch that. Um, the other thing that I have, uh, in mind for the hot tags is just to basically say, is there anything else? You guys want to talk about because that's that covers everything for me. Um, I think I'm good. What about you guys? I'm I'm uh I'm fine. I don't need to go into too much depth about the TV. I would at least um encourage people if they haven't seen it to just check out Orange Cassidy versus Matt Taven. But for primarily that one table spot, that's pretty fun. Check out the Darby promo. Give us oh, your quite, thoughts that's on quite, that. That's quite polarizing. Yeah, that's it's, that's like I'm gonna have thoughts about that when we get into the the breakdown of Revolution because I, I I wasn't the biggest fan. <laughs> no, I I can see I can see both sides of the argument about it. Um, yeah, so I I probably lean a bit more on the the Melter side of things of saying that yeah, you probably should just focus it on the the fact that they're wearing suits covered in your your blood and that they beat up Sting's sons rather than going to the um, you know, all friends wrestling. Well, yeah, but, but it's like, but they're they're doing that though. Like, this is the thing that they keep wanting to do when they turn heel, which is why I'm just like, man, I I understand that's what the Bucks are doing. I'm just saying that in the build up to this particular feud, Darby should be focusing on the fact that they beat up Sting when they won the tag titles, rather than the 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 power trip side of things. Save that, for, save, that, save that for later down the road. Focus now on the fact that your mentor and his children got beaten up in the... I say children, obviously they're grown-ass men, but, you know... <laughs> they're still children. children. Yeah, yeah got, got, got beaten up and they, they caused you to bleed and they're out there wearing your blood-stained shoes, suit on the show. So, you know, focusing on that a little bit more and then we're good. I, say, I, don't think, I don't think it was absolutely horrendous, but, you know, it's been... it's For the most part, this has been a, a very good angle so far, but it's just... Uh, that this one I think was a little bit of a, a misstep. So obviously we will break that down in more detail when we get into our uh revolution talk two weeks from now. Same as how we're not gonna bother to talk about the qualifying matches that already happened and uh on Monday Night Raw and stuff from the Elimination Chamber. We'll talk about that next week. Uh the only thing that's like kind of up in the air right now about the SmackDown episode tonight is what are they going to do with the rock and Roman reigns and all I'm anticipating some kind of an announcement of, Hey, the rock is going to either be at elimination chamber and they're going to do a confrontation thing with, you know, maybe, maybe Roman's there too. I don't know, but well, they're not um, going to, cause they've already announced that the Grayson Waller effect thing doing the Grayson Waller effect. But I like I could see them being like, oh, you're going to be interviewed by Grayson Waller and we're going to be there, too. And we're going to, you know, do something or whatever. Um, a lot of people are anticipating that The Rock is going to be in the Elimination Chamber match. I don't necessarily think that's going to be true, but 
maybe there is more of the announcement of the tag match at WrestleMania that I really don't think that they should do for multiple different reasons, but I'll talk about that when whatever they say happens, they could very well just basically do nothing and just be like, well, they're there and look at that. You get to look at their faces and that's it because that's what WWE does a lot these days. They just, you know, Roman Reigns returns and so-and-so is here and you see them backstage. But um, I, I understand the cynicism, but I think if the rock is there, come on, like he's going to do something. You mean something other than just say buy that uh, Cody Crybaby's shirt? Yeah, I think they they got to move the needle in some way. Because I can't imagine he's just always going to be there. You know, board member or not, I can't imagine that that's just going to be a thing. Well, of course, anything that happens, we will roll into next week's discussion with the Elimination Chamber talk, the hot tags, and anything else along those lines. But of course, if you have anything that you want us to say uh, elsewhere, you know, we missed a hot tag that you were really hoping to get our opinions on, drop them in the comments below. Let us know. We will leave our comments and uh, kind of keep the ball rolling in that fashion. Make sure you do check out that Discord, though. That's another way for us to give our random thoughts. Make sure you check out that Darkcast episode. Make sure that you follow Fanboys Anonymous if you want more of that whole streaming discussion and everything. Make sure you do all that marketplace stuff that I mentioned. Join the different tiers there. Pick up the merchandise and so on and so forth. And make sure that you also check out the link tree at amangotree.com. All the different links that you see there will all be funneling back to amangotree. They're all related. They're all me. And then, you know, if you follow me at Tony Mango and the Facebook and Twitter accounts and all that stuff, then you should also be following these other two guys for what they're up to. Yep, you can follow me everywhere at Dude Felice. Check out my work at Fightful.com. And that's it for now. But uh, check out what Callum has going on. You can find me on Twitter at Weekmeister14. Check out the power rankings every weekend over on SmartCamoment.com, where I rank the WWE superstars based on their previous week's performances. And once you've done that, you can also head on over to the Fantasy League, both through SmartCamoment or going straight through WWEFantasyLeague.com. See how all our teams are doing, who's picking up points as we head towards Elimination Chamber, the last big chance to gather points before WrestleMania. So once that's happened, we'll be able to uh, see where we're standing because that'll be where the final teams are all set up and we'll be on the road to crowning a winner. Most recent update for the Fantasy League, for anybody who wants to know, I dropped Bronson Reed and I picked up uh, The Miz. Much in the same way that uh, Bobby Lashley dropped Bronson Reed in the match. <laughs> I still don't know why he's not in I that. can't believe they're not going to Australia. It's really That's crazy. Ridiculous. I know that some reports said something about like his wife is expecting a child or something. So that like, maybe that's factor in, but I don't know. It kind of seems to me like Surely she'll be in Australia as well. <laughs> uh, preemptive congrats. If that ends up being the case, but um, yeah, you know, the fantasy league stuff, we'll have more to talk about that when it comes to the elimination chamber stuff and the predictions. And we'll break all that down next week. Next time you're going to be hearing from us, though, is going to be the follow-up of the mock draft. We'll talk about our fantasy cards for that Elimination Chamber mock draft that we had done, where you get to see what we did with the people that we picked. So stay tuned for that. We're going to probably record that now and have that uploaded for tomorrow. And, uh, yeah, I think that's going to do us in for the hot tag. So leave those comments. Make sure to hit the like button. 
stay tuned and we'll see you next time. Thanks again for watching everybody. This has been another smart out moment and we are being counted out.